It's late on the morning of November 16th, and I've just arrived at the Bethany Hills Camp in rural West Tennessee. I'm here to witness and record a retreat for mothers. As I walk up the steps onto a deck surrounding the main lodge, I can see several dozen women sitting at tables, writing with their heads down. The organizer of this retreat meets me at the door and updates me while I try to creep into the space without disturbing the focused atmosphere. And then, a woman who is leading these women through the exercise begins to talk. What kind of mother do you want to be? What kind of balance do you want between your studio and your home life? See yourself utilizing the strategies you most need in life, creativity, business, and personally, to bring you success. The workshop I just walked into was designed by a mother artist who normally works with graduate students to help them visualize success before they enter the working world of artists. And she was brought here by another woman, a mother artist, who has turned the isolation of motherhood on its head by creating a huge online network for mothers to turn to. Mother's Project. This is Mother's Project, a podcast that celebrates the relationship between motherhood and the creative work mothers do through interviews with mothers who have seen their work, their ideas, their inspiration flourish with the onset of motherhood. Welcome to the first episode of the season. I'm Ariel Avery. And the woman I'm introducing you to today... I'm Kaylin Butine. I am a painter and artist um, and the creator slash curator of the Artist Mother podcast um, and community. I have three kids that I stay at home with. Our oldest is seven and we homeschool him and then our youngest is 20 months and our middle is three Kaylin and her husband, John, moved to West Tennessee from New York in 2014 when John got a job as assistant professor at Bethel University. The two parents and their two-year-old son found an old house in the country to call home and raise their family. I have pretty fond memories of early motherhood for me, um, and I think those first four years of his life were just really memorable and sweet. As their family grew from one child to three, Raising a family in rural Tennessee began to feel different than those first few sweet years. My perspective has changed a little bit as we've gone on and had more kids with different personalities, and now we have three kids. Feelings of loneliness started creeping in more and more. Isolation is something I think about a lot. Um, I have feelings of loneliness a lot, and, and I think part of that is due both to our location and just the stage of life I'm in. I think um, making the choice to stay at home with my kids and homeschool. Kaylin and her husband decided to homeschool their eldest, reinforcing the separation she felt from her local community. But the isolation of motherhood and rural living has exacerbated her experience of loneliness as a creative as well. I just feel like it's like this double negative of like (laughs) this compounding experience of nobody gets me. I, I can't relate to anybody. I have different ways of viewing the world as other people. 
the curse of the artist, right? Feeling misunderstood, without community, the odd one out. Kaylin didn't always want to be an artist. She went to school for photography and communications and had a photography business in New York shooting weddings and events. But as so many moms know, everything shifted when her first was born. I don't say that I pursued art until I became a mom because the year that I had Finley, I remember just feeling like I I didn't I didn't want to make photography anymore for other people. I wanted to make art for myself and that I feel like was when I decided that I wanted to be an artist. Hmm. Priorities change when the first baby comes around. And I think that was what pushed me into really wanting to I don't know, like spend my life the way I wanted to spend it, you know, like not care so much about money but more care about time. Yeah. And I don't know. I think when you have kids, it's like you feel a little a little more like, okay, it's all or nothing. I decided to leave photography behind and um, pursue my MFA. So many mothers I've interviewed have spoken to this change in how they value their time. Monetary success becomes less of a focus over the quality of the time you have both with and away from your children. Activities you may have pursued out of business interest before your children may become imbued with new meaning in your life as this mother. Kirsten Sparenberg-Brinton described this to me at the retreat. Yeah, before it was building a business and trying to be profitable and, you know, have a career um, that I could take wherever we went. But yeah, it, it did t- I didn't talk about it as a meditative, contemplative practice before I had the children. Right. <laughs> Hey everyone, if you're enjoying this episode and you'd like to show your support, I'd like you to do something for me. At the end of this episode, tell a mom who you think would benefit from listening to this podcast about this podcast. Just share the episode with them or just tell them about the Mother's Project podcast. I would really appreciate it. Thank you. Kaylin went to a low-residency graduate program at the New Hampshire Institute of Art, which provided her with a traditional curriculum of theory and studio critique, but lacked some pivotal answers for a woman in her situation. I guess what I was really interested was hearing how artists make it work. Like, how do you actually build a career as an artist when you already have kids or you decide to have kids later on? Like, how does that change your life? And... Um, you know, those, like, of course, my school was great at talking theory and talking painting and talking conceptual um, work, but, like, I didn't get a lot of answers when I asked, like, well, when do you make time? Mm-hmm. You know, and they're like, well, you just have to figure that out on your own. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, but literally I need to know how do, how do I, like, do this with kids? Kaylin's questions about sustaining oneself in this world that is so demanding of one's time were never answered for her in graduate school. I need this resource, and I don't know where to turn. Two years after getting her degree, she launched a new platform for these questions to find answers. 
Welcome to the Artist Mother Podcast. The Artist Mother Podcast has become a new tribe of women, all connecting through listening to interviews, viewing each other's work on the podcast's Instagram account, or participating in events Kaylin has organized through the podcast. And all the women seem to be flocking to this community out of the same needs that Kaylin had. The need for community and camaraderie in her efforts toward creating a successful art career for herself. Thanks for listening. But like any new project or creative process, this one came with its own set of insecurities for Kaylin. When I started the podcast, I had this fear that I was kind of like pigeonholing myself and Um, you know, the artist slash mother was like so specific that like not very many people would be interested or like want to talk about it. And maybe I would like run out of artist mothers that I could interview. And (laughs) I mean, I literally remember having that thought. And now I'm, I just, it's like the sky is the limit. You know, there's so many interesting inspiring women who are parents who are making contemporary artwork like it's mind-blowing I had uh, a woman actually a conversation I had at the retreat um, I was just kind of talking about my insecurities about like wanting to make sure the podcast is diverse and represents like people from all backgrounds and cultures and parts of the world and different um, races and ethnicities and different aspects of motherhood and um you know I I just was expressing this insecurity that like I'm not doing enough to like make sure you know all my bases are covered and that it feels um you know very colorful in terms of the stories it was Adrian Nieves um she said to me that you know you you start drawing the circle and what happens is the circle widens She kind of compared it to like throwing a pebble in the water, right? Like the circles just keep widening. And that was so encouraging to me. The circles keep widening to find mothers who need this community connection. Almost every woman I spoke with at the retreat talked about being in a time in their life where some type of seclusion was a prevailing influence. I'm Nancy. Nancy. Yeah. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. This is phenomenal. Has it been really good for you? Yeah, you know, and and, um, I needed it for, I think, maybe similar but different reasons than everyone. But, um, yeah, I moved from Asheville um, to where I currently live, and so I left, like, this huge artist community. And I just felt so, you know, isolated doing my own thing. So um, I just needed this just to kind of reconnect with people mm-hmm. um where are you at right now so where do i live mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a large question <laughs> like where am i well actually yeah if you let me start that. from the beginning <laughs> like this i feel like oh these are my people like here's people i just had to travel across the country to hang out with them but it feels like people are so isolated with the way society is going and it's like you know the cult of the individual and like we've got to just all do this on our own that it's it's but but it, you know you flounder around as a mother when you're in that kind of an environment that was Nancy Joyce, Dara Wayna, and Amy Hughes Braden, all women at the retreat.
So if you can, I'd like you to, to describe, maybe go back and relive some of the retreat and describe your own experience of the retreat as an observer of your own efforts and kind of like seeing this thing come to fruition before your eyes. And talk about how you saw that community of women form and maybe change over the three days that you were all there. Oh, man. The retreat was so special. Um, It felt like sort of the culmination of, like, everything that I had been doing and putting out there and working towards. And part of that is because it felt like I wasn't just talking to a computer anymore or publishing a post online. I was meeting real people, you know. And there were real people out there who weren't just, like, people that I met through a screen who wanted to come and actually put away our screens and participate in community. And, you know, my my vision for the podcast has always been bigger than bigger than just a podcast. Um, it's it's always been for more like a community. I, I didn't know all the ways that would take shape and form, but I knew that I wanted I wanted it to grow into something that had extensions outside of just um, online connections. It was a little crazy. I remember feeling a little stressed um, just because I felt like I was, you know, a circus ringleader, basically. I, you know, hosting a retreat is like kind of, you just feel responsible for every person's experience. And I didn't expect the retreat to be that big either. Um, I just, like, I knew the venue could host, um, that many people but I I just didn't I could not have imagined that I would have had 40 people book tickets relatively quickly and then actually two more basically you know they were like please let me in (laughs) Um, just in terms of the structure like I just I wanted it to be a place where everybody feels like they have something to share you know Mm. and so and where everybody feels like they're both a teacher and a learner. Mm-hmm. And again, like part of my vision was a little non-traditional and that I wanted it to sort of be like a mixed bag. I wanted things that would, you know, A, be accessible because I knew I would have people from multiple backgrounds of art education, multiple backgrounds of art p- practice in terms of like the time that they've been committed to being an artist or... um you know, just different backgrounds in terms of I've shown my art at the Guggenheim and I've shown my art nowhere. For example, some of the workshops that we did, Anna Ogier-Bloomer, she led a workshop called um, Redefining Success in Art and Motherhood. And it was, um, I think, one of the most well-received workshops. This was the workshop I walked in on. My friend Julianne Strombrill led a workshop called... um, It was something about a conversation with painting. I witnessed this workshop in which the women paired up and drew together on one piece of paper, initiating a conversation with the marks they made. A lot of people, too, talked about maybe doing some things with their kids Mm -hmm. because we were talking more about, like, conversations around art and uh, it wasn't so much about like here's how to paint something perfectly but 
here's how to have a conversation with mark making and here's how to think about you know art in a different way here's how to engage your inner child my friend adrian brown david did paper doll making we learned um block printing from jill jill levetsky and laura wenstrom and i led a zine um, making activity that was really fun and Laura Francis Evans um, did an artist talk, and Jody Hayes did an artist talk. I was lucky enough to be present for one of the artist talks, given by Lauren Francis Evans. It was one of the most moving moments I witnessed, as Lauren retraced her experience of a second pregnancy followed by miscarriage. (laughs) Surrender. It's a word I've used frequently in describing my relationship with my daughter Agnes. Every time she nurses... I feel an overwhelming sense of surrender. I've used the word many, many times in this way. Something overcomes me and I melt into her. We become one. It's the reason I had to stop putting her to bed at night. I would simply surrender, melt into her arms, fall into a deep sleep and not emerge until awakened hours later with a numb and tingly arm and a crick in my neck. I crave that feeling of release though. I miss our bedtime snuggles more than I like to admit. It's like a drug. Or is that the oxytocin? Is that what it means to surrender? To release, to let go, to relinquish my will to that of another? As I lay here with her, pinned underneath my toddler's sweaty little body, skin to skin, I think about how there might be a new one forming inside me, growing between us, literally. Cleaving, splitting, severing what I imagine to be a bond that can only exist between the two of us. Can't possibly be duplicated. But at the same time, I imagine, hope, that this cleavage might possibly bring us closer somehow. We'll know in a matter of days. The last time it happened wasn't exactly on purpose. This time feels different, but every bit is frightening. If that baby had kept on growing, she would be the one napping on me right now, not my Agnes. When the cramping began, the blood began, I thought of how, if that little embryo had persisted, she'd be working her way through my body, readying her exit. It had been 40 weeks to the day. Seeing this performative reading, and seeing the way all the women in the room focused and empathized with this narrative, I felt the energy of the room buzzing. This event was a coming together of women, mothers, all united in the universally overwhelming experience of motherhood and their collective passion for art making. This kind of place doesn't exist until we, the mothers, make it. Something that several women talked about was this new model of leadership that you've kind of provided to this community. Um, And that's a model that is vulnerable yet persistent. Mm -hmm. And you and I actually talked briefly when we were at the retreat and we connected for like 30 seconds about (laughs) (laughs) the professional ideals that don't kind of allow for a woman's reality of struggle with motherhood in her career and her professional self. And so I'm wondering if you can talk about this new model of professionalism and maybe, I don't know if you've intentionally been constructing this model for yourself or it's just like a persona that you've just sort of fallen into and now this is what you do. But just kind of talk about what that model 
is or could be and what you believe this model has the potential to do for women's careers? Yeah, well, it's first, it's not something I ever thought I would be um, addressing directly. I, I like I always knew I wanted to be a mom, but I was never gonna be a mom's mom. You know what I mean? Like I was never gonna be like a my life is all about motherhood type mom. Um, I just, I've always been pretty externally motivated and independent and, um, you know, more career driven. And so for me, I just, even that I have a podcast that's sort of about motherhood, I'm like, what? That's kind of crazy. <laughs> Although it's mostly about art and a little bit about motherhood, but, um, there's a lot that I could say about that, but I, I just think that, um, I've learned so much along the way, like talking, interviewing people and hearing stories and connecting with people about really about how career culture and this sort of like patriarchal culture of of professionalism, I feel like expects people to divide their identity. Um, and it's interesting to me, too, that like I, I have my podcast is titled Artist Slash Mother as if it's a divide. But actually, the slash is meant to say that they're these two things are like together. And I, mm. you know, there is no break. There's not like a space. There's not, uh, you know, it's like meant to signify that they kind of flow into each other. And um, I feel like I've learned from from a lot of the women that I have talked to how the compartmentalizing is what is so difficult and it's not so much the physical compartmentalizing because I think all of us understand the need to like not have our kids be on us all the time and as I, I idyllic as it is to like have that scene where the mom is like working in her studio and she has three kids peacefully working in the corner and she can make amazing work when that's happening and like I mean, that doesn't work for 99% of us. And um, I think I was ashamed about that for a while. Like, I thought that I should have to do all of it all the time. And then when I realized I couldn't, I thought that I had to just mentally compartmentalize better. Like, I just need to put my artist hat on and focus on being an artist and not think about my kids at all. And I think that's what doesn't work because I think – We need to, like, just be ourselves, fully ourselves in every scenario. And so I think I'm interested in dialogue and spaces that feel more porous and that are more fluid and open to people being fully themselves in all spaces. Um, And I don't always know what that means or what that looks like. But I think that's more what I'm interested in. And I think the art world offers potential for that to happen. Um, I think it has a lot to do with listening and with not just following models that have always existed, but like looking around and saying like, who who is not coming to our, our openings? And why might that be? Mm. And what can we do to change that? I'm kind of curious if you've 
found yourself because now you you've created this professional community um, that you almost you you get to kind of be like at the helm of and I'm curious if you found yourself in professional situations since creating this community that don't have that awareness Mm -hmm. of your situation and maybe don't heed it or don't care about it and if that's arresting for you Um, yes, I have. I actually had a very recent experience. Um, and it's a show that, um, I am helping put together for another community and it's all artist mothers who are invited. And the show was originally supposed to be scheduled for a Saturday evening. And because of the gallery owner's schedule it got changed to a Thursday evening and ultimately like this gallery owner is doing a ton for the community it's a brand new space Um, the person is investing a lot of time and energy into like the show so ultimately it comes down to respecting that Um, but I couldn't help but immediately say this show is for artists mothers and you're going to have a weeknight exhibition opening that they have to be to you know like I was just like why yeah it was just a big like light ball moment for me that like I'm still gonna like 10 years from now this is still gonna be a thing you know because the person who has the money and the space and the power usually is going to be the person making decisions. And if for whatever reason, and I'm not saying it wasn't a good reason that this person couldn't change the show to be on Saturday, if for whatever reason that person is not willing to put, like, the artist-parent perspective first, I'm definitely going (laughs) to be offended, you know, and and be a little mama bear about that because I just, I know how taxing it is. the retreat, the artist-parent perspective is front and center. One mother brought her baby to the retreat. Be friendly. I think that he will. This is the only baby. Yes, Ezra is the the baby crasher. He's also the the little dude crasher. (laughs) Yes, he's making all the weaning moms go crazy. (laughs) And I was honestly a little surprised to not have found more kids present. But the reality of these women's family lives pervaded the atmosphere. You would hear talk about potty training in the same breath as discussion about an artist's work. I mean, there were, like, women FaceTiming their kids in the hall and, like, crying and feeling homesick. And and we were all there and, like, saying hi to their kids. Imagine a common professional space where motherhood and career not only meet, but require each other. 
the most inspiring moments for me was seeing how people connected so dramatically and immediately. I just, I mean, I guess that speaks to the community as a whole and to some of the things I've already said, but like just because, you know, artist and mother for me are like the two dominating roles of my identity. Like they're what I put the most time into. They're what I think about the most. They're what I care about. They're what I structure my life around. And and they compete for my time and my identity. And that's a, a battle and a struggle that I'm constantly facing um, every day. And it feels very unique, this like conundrum of artist mother. Um, because there's so many parallels to the two identities. And so I think I've just been surprised at how intensely people within our community have connected because we all feel that. And I saw that tangibly at the retreat. Thank you for listening to this first episode of the season. Thank you to Kaylin and all the other women I spoke with and who spent time with me at the Artist Mother Retreat. You can see images from the retreat, including the group photo of everyone, which took several tries to get everyone's eyes open at the same time. One, two, three, open. Oh my God. Do it again. <laughs> at mothersprojectpodcast.com. I'm always looking for new stories from mothers about their mother's project, so please don't hesitate to reach out. Share your story with me by email or send a voice recording to mothersproject at mumsmake.com. That's all lowercase mothers project, no space, no punctuation, at mumsmake.com. You can also contact me from our website. Follow us at Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Mothers Project Podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen. Our theme music was written and performed by Matt Rowan. Other music was by the Blue Dot Sessions and Pictures of the Floating World. I'm so happy you joined me today. Stay curious and stay resilient.